0: Panic is something that many mothers have experienced at one time or the other. Sometimes it's the panic of perhaps seeing your child who is a few months old rolling off the bed or about to pull something that could potentially hurt them. Or sometimes even when you are doing something and you find out that you've been so carried away or deep in thoughts that you were just about to get into a place of danger. That can happen. But there are sometimes that people have panics and panic attacks for apparently no reason. And the reason why I say apparently no reason is because they can't put a finger on it. Unfortunately, that's the one that really gets us. That's the one that really puts us in a place where we are constantly puzzled, probably second guessing ourselves and then criticizing ourselves. I'm Dr. Denis. I'm the award-winning mom empowerment coach. I'm a family doctor, international speaker, best-selling author of the book, Every Mom is a Super Mom, and the host on the Wellbeing for Mothers show. And on this show, we talk about everything motherhood, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And we also talk about practical ways that you can improve your wellbeing on a consistent basis. I know that we are very busy. We have a lot of things to do. And sometimes we find it a bit difficult to set time aside, to take care of ourselves, but you know what? We really do need to set that time. And so if you're listening to me, perhaps you're going for a walk, you're doing the school run, you're doing the laundry, or maybe you might just be sitting down, relaxed, listening to me. Thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to share this with other mothers and download this episode as well. So without further ado, we're going to talk about the main topic for today, which is panic. There are so many times we have had panic situations. And I remember when I was having my beautiful children, very young under the age of two. Now that's a very critical time. Why? Because when you have children that young, they transition from maybe lying down to sitting up to standing up. And there's always one thing that you're not prepared for. No matter how prepared you think you are, something happens you're not prepared for it. I remember when my son, he was a few, a couple of months old, which is very funny, a couple of months old, and he was put at the bottom of his cots. Now this boy decided in his infinite, and he was wide awake at this time. I put him there, and I was like, "Oh, I'll just get get to do one or two things." And because he was in this cot, I kind of had a bit of sense of security. But then, by the time I turned, looked at him, I saw him—the child that I had put at the bottom of the cot had reached the top of the cot. That was the moment when I thought, "Oh my goodness, what if it was on the bed?" What if that child had crept to the end of the bed, fallen off a maybe high bed and bumped his head? That is something that we can experience. And as a family doctor, I see that quite a lot. Many parents would come in and say, oh my goodness, I took my eye away from the child for a minute, seriously, just a second, split second, really. And picked up something, turned and the child was on the floor or the child hurt themselves or something like that. And they beat themselves up. I know if that happened to me, I will beat myself up. And when that has happened to you maybe once or twice, or maybe something hasn't quite gone as planned, there is a risk for us to build up this sense of panic, this sense of impending doom, this sense of something is going to go wrong, or I'm going to miss something, I'm going to fail at something, or I'm going to make a mistake. Now, I'm just going to go a little bit into panic because when you go into panic, sometimes it's not just something that has happened now that is causing you to panic. It might be a lot deeper than that, and usually it's a lot deeper than that. You know how you see an iceberg and you just see the tip of it? When it comes to our mental and emotional health, it is a proper iceberg. But you see, this part of the iceberg you don't see that is submerged under the water is the part that we need to uncover and the part that we need to deal with because that is what is keeping us stuck. That is what is keeping us in mom guilt, fear, sadness and a state of maybe even helplessness. I remember when I was on my way to work after dropping my children off at nursery. And I remember that time I did a lot of walking because I hadn't, um, the long distance. It was a very short distance between walking from where I lived to where I worked to where the children were going to school, which was quite convenient for me. So there was really no point driving anyway. Um, and at that point I thought to myself, okay, um, I'm dropping the children off. But at that point I woke up late. I was flustered. I had a lot going on. I was grieving the loss of my father and I was just a shadow of myself. And then when I had dropped my children off, I was on my way to work. And then I panicked again. I had this feeling like I had forgotten something. I have, I'm probably going to make a mistake. There's something that is going to go wrong. And you know, when you prepare in your mind through your thought process, something is going to go wrong. It usually works like that. We need to be very mindful of our thoughts. There is this beautiful quote by Lao Tzu, and it talks about the transition of your thoughts becoming your words and those words contributing to your actions, to your habits, to your destiny. We need to be very aware because the seed is your thoughts. How do you view something? What do you feel about something? How do you perceive a situation? You know how you hear the story of a glass that is half filled and some would say it's half full and half empty based on their perspective. There are many times that when we are in a panic mode, it is because we have the subconscious, the submerged ideas and thoughts in our head that things are hopeless you feel alone probably also feel helpless you feel like things have gone beyond your ability to control them your ability to influence them or your ability to change them but did you know that there are some times that you really don't need to change control or influence anything i'll tell i'll share with you a beautiful message i received one morning while I was engaging with my followers on social media, which I do every now and again. So if perhaps maybe you have seen my little connection, my post or something on LinkedIn or um, Instagram or whichever social media platform, feel free to comment or engage or send a message. I tend to go through them. So I was engaging with this um contents and these people who have reached out to me. And then I came across a video. It was a very short clip. And in this clip, there was a man t- telling the story of his his daughter. Now, I didn't know who this man was. And unfortunately, it was a, a general account that had given that. So he didn't even say the name of the person who was speaking. So this man talked about his 10-year-old daughter who was upset because she did not have money. Her older siblings were working and had money and could buy their father a Christmas present, but she could not because she was not working. So the father gave her money and told her to buy a flashlight. She went ahead and she bought it, wrapped it up, and on Christmas, gave it to him. So when he opened it and saw the flashlight, he said, oh my goodness, this is exactly what I wanted. And she says, I know. But you see, one thing that I learned from that story he shared was that the daughter was upset because she could not see how to do the will of her father. She was worried. She was maybe in a state of um, sadness, about her inability to do something about her situation. Sometimes we are in a state of worry, of fear, of anxiety, and sometimes it gets into panic mode where we are really feeling that sense of helplessness. At that point, she was then given power. In this case, it was money. But that power, that money that she was given gave her the ability to do the father's will. And there was a lovely part he said. He said, why don't we adopt the style of the child and ask? Why don't we adopt the child of the the style of this child and ask? Because there are many times that we perhaps think, oh no, this can't happen. It can happen for me. I, I think I'm too old, too young, too, Whatever that is stopping us from reaching our goals or getting to our aspired height. Having said that, that state of panic, that state of fright, that state that keeps us stuck is a very common phase. So we need to look at things a little differently. How do you view the challenges? How do you view The situations you're placed in, do you see them as impossible to surmount? Do you see them as something that's going to hold you back and would never let you go? Or do you see them as potential stepping stones to a height that is beyond what you can see? The second thing is asking for help. We have been made to think that asking for help is a sign of weakness, but it is truly a sign of strength. Asking for help can come in form of you asking a friend, sometimes even asking your children. There are sometimes I tell my children, would you be able to do this for me? I just need some quiet or I need a moment or I need you to go get my um, book or I need you to, massage. It's really, really beautiful being able to ask for help. Now, I know I did an episode where I talked about how you can delegate some of your tasks to people and all that comes from you asking, But Remembering that when you ask, you're giving that person an opportunity to be blessed. You're giving that person an opportunity to receive some release of the happy chemical. So you might be saying, oh, yes, I don't want to ask because I don't want to bother anyone. But you know that when you think that you're bothering people, you're really depriving them of the blessing of the release of the happy chemicals that come from when you're doing something good for someone else. So bearing that in mind, don't forget to ask. The third thing that I had used to help with that state of panic, that state of helplessness, that state that sometimes even felt like impending doom was connecting to who I really was. And that's the reason why I always say we need to remember who we are because there is that beautiful, powerful, resilient, amazing being within ourselves. And for some reason, because of maybe past experiences or past failures or whatever it is, we've shut it in. We've, we've caged it. We've Put shackles to hold it in place, not allowing it to fly, not allowing it to move. And we need to start to let go of those shackles now. We need to start looking at things and say, okay, now I see. What can I do about this? How can I change this? How can I make this better? Okay. Sometimes when you look into who you really are, remembering that, the, that moment, that exercise of looking at yourself and being in the present moment is such a key element. Because when you think about things that are in the past, maybe you're ruminating on the mistake you made or all the coulda, woulda, shouldas. Unfortunately, you are dwelling in the past and that can cause quite a bit of guilt, regrets, fear or even sometimes depression when you're worried about the future it hasn't come yet but you're thinking oh my goodness this has happened this has happened this has happened oh my goodness things are going to get worse that unfortunately can progress and with that unfortunately it will get to a point where they think ooh well i have been able to um create something that is way bigger. So why don't we try to create something that is big, but big for us in a good way rather than something that is big and overwhelming us. So a way to look at that might be, okay, how do I look at this situation? What is it? this thing that is bothering me? I'll give you an example. There was a day I received a few emails. Now I do get some messages and I remember there was a very challenging time in my life when I used to get some messages um, that were very nasty, toxic, insulting, aggressive, and sometimes even threatening. And these were times when I just did not understand what was going on. I was in a in a limbo state, um, still trying to find my feet, grieving the loss of my father, living in an acrimonious relationship. And I was just like, what, what is going on? And so dealing with this on a daily basis, or sometimes even three times a day, I found myself having panic attacks. I found myself having like chest pain, palpitations, palms sweating, knees knocking. And that was being and because I was worried about, oh my goodness, this 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 has been sent, this, this has been said, this has been done. And it was more a terrible state that affected my well-being. And I know how debilitating that was, to the point that it affected my ability to sleep. So then, when it got to a point when i I think I'd reached that breaking point, I just said, "You know what, enough. Enough is enough. I think it's high time I decided on what I need to do to move ahead, to move forward, to make a change, okay? And one of the main things I recognized was when, I was dealing with the triggers because sometimes you will have triggers, sometimes you may not recognize those triggers. But if you have triggers, it's a it is kind of a bit of a good thing. Why? Because you know what is causing you to go into that state and you can keep them somewhere. Either you avoid contact with them, you enclose them in a container and just keep them aside, or you ignore them for a time while you are building your ability to deal with them. So it got to a point when I started to identify what the triggers were for that panics feeling. I started to identify what the triggers were for that state of confusion and helplessness. And as I was identifying them, I was keeping them away. And that's part of boundary setting, because when you are keeping a trigger away from yourself, that is an act of self-love. So if I needed to ignore the email or decide not to pick up a phone call or decide not to go to a place where I know the trigger is, these are certain ways that helped with moving from a state of frequent panic attacks to a state where I could say, oh yeah, wow, I feel calm in myself. I don't feel overwhelmed with impending doom. The second thing, apart from, of course, removing the triggers is ensuring that you make time for you to step down. When I say step down, I mean, your your mom, you're working, you're running a business, you're up there, you're doing lots of things. Sometimes you need to step down, go into your den, (laughs) go into your lounge. And this is not just a physical lounge, a mental lounge, a place where you just be a place where you feel yourself. Sometimes it could be a walk. Sometimes it could be a meditation practice. And you know what? These things don't have to take a long time. They don't have to be hours and hours long. They don't have to even be 30 minutes long. Sometimes you can have a few minutes to just come down, be in your present state, be in that state that is relaxed. And that has really helped a great deal. I talk a lot about mindfulness because I know what mindfulness has done in terms of helping mothers with their health, with their mental well-being, which is so important. Because when a mother has positive thoughts, she's emitting positive emotions, which the children pick up, society picks up. Like I mentioned previously in another episode, you will constantly, as a mother, receive criticism. You will receive negative feedback. You will receive unsolicited opinions. Your ability to rise above those ones, either by ignoring them or by not forming a judgment about them. Those are the ways that which you rise so that you don't get dragged into negative thought processes, negative emotions, and of course, a spiral that could take you down to a place you really don't want to be. A place where you feel that panic all the time or helplessness, hopelessness, or apathy. Okay. So take that downtime, that downtime for relaxation. It could even be a bubble bath. You might be listening to this and thinking, oh my goodness, oh, I wish I could do that. But yes, you can. So take a moment today. I want you to commit, okay? So maybe if you're driving, don't do this, okay? But if you're not driving or operating heavy machinery or, you know, doing a task that you need full focus, I want you to put your hand on your heart and say with me, today I'm going to commit to take care of me. And this does not mean you're going on a spa day. Of course, if you want to go on a spa day, awesome. But if it's not a spa day, that's fine. Knowing that you can go, say, for a walk. Knowing that you can go um, sit down for a while. Maybe watch something. Because in as much as many people say things like, oh, no, no, don't watch television. That sometimes you might want to watch something that would make you laugh. Laughter, they say, is the best medicine, isn't it? So, I'm all for laughter. When you're in a state of panic, sometimes even starting to laugh can be a a bit of therapy for you, okay? But of course, like I mentioned previously, when you are in a state where you're having all these attacks, all these symptoms, it could also be something else, okay? I always advise, please seek help, seek professional help. As a family doctor, I see people who come to see me with these kind of panic episodes. And when they do have this presentation, so unfortunately, sometimes, um, they think they're having a heart attack. So we need to kind of make double sure that it's not a heart attack. So you can just imagine someone's having a heart attack. That is so terrifying. So it's very important for us to recognize that and be able to kind of work around it. So let it work for us. Okay, So panic is not a place you want to be. It's not a place you want to have sustained um, <laughs> residence in. Yes, sometimes you get panicked. I mean, <laughs> when you go on these rides with the children, you panic. Oh, I'll tell you what happened. I went on a ride, uh, you know, those parks where you um, have like different rides. Some of them are scary. Some of them are not so scary. So, um, I went on this ride. It was called the last airbender. Uh, for those of you who are Avatar fans, I'm an Avatar fan. So I was like, yes, the last airbender, let's do it. So I got strapped in, my children got strapped in. So everybody had like, um, uh, separate units and it was on a circular um, board it looked like uh, so it started the uh, things like going round and round and then at a the point I felt I saw the, the trees I, I, from where I was I could see the trees <laughs> and I could see the ground was so far away and the speed at which it was going I was like Oh, Lord, if you save me from this, I would not do this again. (laughs) It was so, it was, it was, I was panicking. And this is someone that, I mean, I'm not saying I'm the bravest person in the world, but I'm not easily, you know, frightened, but my goodness, that was panic. (laughs) But you know what happened when I got off that ride? My children and I were laughing. I was in panic, but we were laughing. You know why? They looked at me and said, mommy, what were you doing? I said, oh God, if you save me from this, I won't come on this again. Anytime I say that to them, they laugh so hard because it was something of joy. When I say joy, it wasn't the panic that was the joy. It was the reaction, the response that we gave to it. It is very important for us to use some very simple techniques. And I say simple because they they are there for us, but we don't listen to the um, little voice in our head saying, oh, there is this little thing that we used to do or we've heard of. Or sometimes in that state of panic, we don't remember that these things exist. So these simple things can be used to swap ourselves out of that state of panic to a state where we feel calm, we feel empowered, we feel energized. So I hope this has helped you today. I know sometimes um, panic can really be terrifying. Please seek help. Know that you're not alone. Motherhood is beautiful. Be a part of a community, a supportive community. And if you would like to, please join us. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and share with other mothers as well. Okay, I look forward to seeing you. Please. Take care of you. Stay well. You are truly awesome. And even if you think you're not doing a great job, I want to tell you, you're doing an awesome job. Continue, keep moving. If you can fly, great, go ahead, fly. If you cannot fly, don't worry, run. If you cannot run, don't worry, go ahead and walk. If you cannot walk, crawl. But whatever you do, just keep moving, do one thing, no matter how it is, whatever it is, it could be something like as simple as I I stepped out of bed today. I thanked myself today. I gave myself a hug. Don't forget today's episode. We've talked about you committing to do something good for you today. Okay. So commit, you're going to do something amazing for yourself. And that amazing thing doesn't have to be a full spa day. It can be something like having a five minute walk. Uh a movie or something to watch, something that will make you laugh. whatever that is, commit to doing it for you, just for you. All right, So until next time, I ask that you stay well. I am Dr. denny the award-winning mom empowerment coach, and your host on the Wellbeing for Mothers Show.